But then in sixth grade, when I was 12, like I played my last season of recreation, like parks and rec basketball in braces. Okay. And then after that, everyone was basically just like, hey, no sports. Try to limit like activity. We don't need you to get hurt because like you could seriously injure yourself. Um, So then it basically just turned into like video games and reading. Wow. Wow. So that's the message that you were getting like from your doctors or family members or? Yep. Pretty much just doctors, family. I think it was in the best interest, I guess, like just to keep me safe so I didn't hurt myself. But like in my mind, I was like, oh, so I don't like get to play with my friends unless like I'm inside. Okay. That's really hard. And it sounds like you had been pretty into sports prior to that playing basketball. And did you try to do a lot of other sports too? Yeah. So growing up, I played baseball, basketball, soccer, and flag football. Hello, and welcome to Pursuing Health. I'm Dr. Julie Fouché, family physician and former CrossFit Games athlete. Here, I bring you information and inspiration to help bridge the gap between fitness and medicine and support your journey toward your healthiest self. This episode is one of a series of Pursuing Health stories. Here, I feature the inspiring stories of regular, everyday people who've used lifestyle to overcome some incredible health challenges. But before I dive in, I do want to make it clear that this podcast is for general information only and does not provide medical advice. I recommend that you seek assistance from your personal physician for any health conditions or concerns. Hey there. For this week's story episode, I am sitting down with Dano Lotz, who is an adaptive CrossFit athlete and coach. Dano was born with a genetic disorder called CMT muscular dystrophy that causes muscle weakness and wasting of the muscles below the knees. After he was told at age 12 that he had to wear leg braces and that he could no longer play the sports he loved, he was confined to the couch and video games for several years. However, his passion for being active couldn't be suppressed for long, and in high school, he started weightlifting with the football team. Eventually, he was able to take his leg braces off, and he found CrossFit. Now Dano is squatting, running, coaching, hosting his own podcast called Adapting to Life, and even played amateur baseball. It was really great to speak with Dano and hear his story, and I hope you'll find some inspiration from our conversation, too. Welcome to Pursuing Health. I'm excited to be here with Dano Lotz. Thanks for sitting down and chatting with me. Um, You are an adaptive athlete and a coach, and I first heard your story several years ago, so I'm excited to actually get to sit down and kind of hear a little bit more about your experience today. So thanks for joining me. Yeah, my pleasure. All right. Well, let's just start with um, kind of right with the the meat of this conversation. You were born with a condition called CMT muscular dystrophy. So can you share with everyone what exactly that is and what that has looked like um, in your life? Yeah. So it basically, well, mine just affects like everything in my calves and ankles, everything else seems to be totally fine. Like it runs on my mom's side of the family. So her older brother has it and he didn't get like put in braces or anything till he was around 20. So I guess it didn't get too bad until he was 20. Um, But now he's in his sixties and he's still wearing them. Whereas mine, I got put in braces when I was 12 and, and then got like taken out of sports and everything because they said it was like more injury prone, I guess. But 
like he has some trouble like opening his hands and stuff now that he's a little older, but nothing like above my waist is affected with it. Okay. So, so it's a condition which basically affects, you know, your muscles and your nerves in those lower legs. Yeah. And And like ankle mobility and stuff like that. Okay. Okay. So can you talk a little bit about sort of what that was like growing up or even before you got to age 12, what were the things that you were maybe that were harder for you that ended up, you ended up getting to the point where you needed braces? Um, I didn't like start walking until I was 15 months old, which is a little later than normal, I guess. Um, But when I was a kid, I didn't think anything was different except for the fact that like I was taller than most of my friends, but they were all way faster than me. And I was like, I'm taller than all these people. Why can't I run as fast as them? This is ridiculous. I was just told I had weak ankles as a kid, but then in sixth grade when I was 12, like I played my last season of recreation, like parks and rec basketball in braces. Okay. And then after that, um, everyone was basically just like, Hey, no sports, like try to limit like activity. We don't need you to get hurt because like you could seriously injure yourself. Um, so then it basically just turned into like video games and reading. Wow. Wow. So that's the message that you were getting like from your doctors or family members or. Yep. Pretty much just doctors, family. I think it was in the best interest, I guess, like just to keep me safe. So I didn't hurt myself. But like in my mind, I was like, oh, so I don't like get to play with my friends unless like I'm inside. Okay. That's really hard. And it sounds like you had been pretty into sports prior to that playing basketball. And did you try to do a lot of other sports too? Yeah. So growing up, I played baseball, basketball, soccer, and flag football. Wow. So that's really hard going from doing all those kinds of activities to not being able to do them anymore. Yeah, because when I was so in my hometown, they're really, really well known for baseball. Um, And so like I was a bigger kid. So like T-ball, you usually start at like five or six, but they let me join as a four-year-old. And then (laughs) Little League, you're supposed to be nine. But it's like, I'm eight and I'm bigger than everyone. Can I play? They're like, sure. I was like, oh, okay. So to like be let in early because of like my size, I was like, oh, wait now I don't get to do this? Like, what is going on? That's really hard. So yeah, how did you, what was that like? How did you deal with that then as a 12-year-old? Um, I kept trying to like play, but just like during recess, I just didn't get like organized sports. But like, I would still be like, hey, my friends are playing like two-hand touch. I'm going to join them. Like, I don't care if I'm slower. I'm just going to play. If I get hurt, I get hurt. It's okay. Right, when you're 12, you don't really think ahead about those things. No, not at all. Wow. Okay. And and then also, were you? did you know that you had, at what point were you diagnosed? Or did you know that you had this early on and it was just sort of playing out until, you know, you needed braces or you needed to step back on activity or, or how was that? It was more or less like when they told me I needed to wear braces, they're like, hey, you're going to wear braces. It's going to help you. You have this. And it's like, oh, that's what it's called. It's not called weak ankles. Got it. Okay. So you didn't even know that something genetic going on until that point. Yeah. Okay. Wow. I understand that there came a point in high school where you actually started doing some weightlifting with 
the football team. So what, at what point did you start to think, hey, maybe I can be a little bit more active and do it in a safe way? So when I was 16, um, towards the end of my junior year of high school, um, the public school got a new head football coach and the new head football coach um, ended up being one of my little league and like recreational basketball coaches from my childhood. I had to take my braces off in order to do like the body scan because you had to stand on it barefoot. And the head coach was like, when did you get those? I was like, the year after you were my coach. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> like four years ago. And he was like, oh, okay. But I remember like I got off the scale and they're like, all right, what have you been doing the last like four years? So I was like playing video games and like eating ice cream. Why? And they're like, cause like my body comp was like 156 pounds, and, like 19% body fat. And I was like, that's not good, is it? And they're like, no, you could, you could probably use some working out. And I was like, okay. So like the next week was like day one of training. And like my brother and I walked into the gym and I was like, Oh, this is really cool. Like, I'd never been to like an official weight room. Like we had like a small little bench press at my house and like some curling bars and stuff. So like I would do that stuff every once in a while. Um, but I, I walked in and the coaches were like, all right, so we realize you have some like things that you need some help with. What can you do and what can't you do? And it's like, I don't know what I can't do yet. Like I have never done this. And so like, from day one, it was like, I just box squatted everything because I didn't have the motor control to like go down below parallel and not fall over. So it was like crash onto a box, try to stabilize, stand back up and then eventually like control myself to a box and then stand up. So. Wow. So, and what did your, I mean, what did your doctors or your parents have to say when you said, I'm going to start playing football? <laughs> My dad was all for it. Because my dad grew up in the town like 10-ish miles away, which is like the high school that I started playing football for, like their rival. And my dad was like all state football, all conference wrestling. And he's like, all right, you're going to play. And I was like, okay, cool. Let's, let's play football. And so I had a doctor's appointment with like my leg specialist at the beginning of the summer. And they're like, oh, we don't know about this. And I was like, no, I'm going to do it. And then like at the end of the summer, like we called them and they're like, well, when does it start? And they're like, well, he's been training all summer, but like two a day start next week. And they're like, uh, we don't know. Have him hold off a little bit. Like his next appointments in like two weeks, we'll see how he's doing. So like my dad called and told the coach that my doctors wanted me not to do like two a days right away even though like I made it through football camp with no injuries, no like twisted ankles or anything. And so then I just didn't do two a days. And then I went to my doctor and she like did all her tests and saw me run and walk. And she's like, no, he's gained like a lot of muscle in his legs. Like as long as the athletic trainers tape his ankles, like he can play. And I was like, Oh, and they're like, don't even wear the braces because they'll probably break. And I was like, oh, that's good news. Wow. And then, yeah, so I was super excited. And then we went back and had a meeting with the coach. And he said that um, due to like, 
he had a meeting with the school and they thought it might be too big of a liability deal to have me play just in case I do get seriously hurt. So they're like, you can stay on the team. You'll just hang out. You'll go to all the games. You'll be a part of the team, but you're not going to play. It's like, can I still work out? And they're like, yeah, as, like, as long as you're on the team, you have access to the gym. So I was like, okay, I'll stay on. So you really liked the working out part of it. Yeah, I liked the working out part. And it was more of being able to be part of a team again, because I hadn't done that in so long. Mm-hmm. So, How did you feel knowing, like, getting to that point, seeing your doctor saying, wow, you've developed a lot of motor control and strength here. Like, what did you, have you thought back on that at all about, you know, what if I had started doing this earlier or could I have kept playing sports longer throughout those, those middle years? Yeah. Like I've definitely thought about it. Like if they wouldn't have taken me out of sports or if they would have just, instead of like shutting me in with like video games and ice cream, like I could have worked out all the time and like, or done like just rehab exercises, I guess. And then maybe I would have gotten to play sports or at least had a better chance or like not have wasted, I guess, four years of not doing things. Um, But now looking back on it even more, I'm happy that I didn't play football because I'm just like, well, they only worked out twice a week. I got to work out three times a week because I didn't play on Fridays. (laughs) so that's very true that's a good way to look at it and certainly it's not time wasted but I think it's good a good perspective to have to think about you know if you know if you're talking to someone else who's in a similar position thinking about how to be creative to help people get stronger and stay active in a safe way yeah um what were some of the things that you noticed physically or mentally as you started lifting weights I was definitely happier Um, and obviously I didn't know like why I was happier just lifting weights, but now like 11 years later, I'm just like, Oh, because like chemicals get released when you're lifting weights. Like it makes you feel good. That's what's happening. Yeah. What are some of the things that you are able to do now that you couldn't do when you were younger? Um, I can squat as long as there's like a target. Um, if I have my heels on like a 25 or like a 45 pound plate, I can get my butt all the way down to like touch my heels and stuff and balance enough to stand back up. Um, I still don't have full control to like squat below parallel without either holding on to something or sitting to a box, but that's just work in progress. Um, I run quite a bit or more than I used to. Um, I did, Oh, I played baseball, I guess two years ago I played like, beer league town ball. Oh, cool. Uh, so that was fun to get back into that. That's awesome. So how did, after, after then this year, last year of high school, where did you go next? And at what point did you find CrossFit? Uh, so after high school, so I graduated high school in 2010 and I had planned to go to Winona State University because they had a really great like exercise science program. Because as soon as I started weightlifting and like helping the coaches like coach the other athletes, I was like, this is what I'm gonna do. Like I want to be a personal trainer. I want to be a strength and conditioning coach. I want to do this. And I was like, oh, 
I don't know how to do any of this yet. Like I just know how to work out. Like I tell the athletes what the coaches tell me to tell them. I need to figure this out. Um, so I decided to take a year off after high school and I was like, I'm just going to save some money, figure it out, figure out how to get like a degree in this stuff. And then my brother who was a sophomore in high school at this point, I was like, I'm going to go work out with you after school one day and I'm going to see if they'll let me. And like I walked in and they're like, Hey, what are you doing here? And it's like, can I work out? Like, is it, is that okay? And they're like, if you help us like help the underclassmen, yeah, you can work out. And it's like, Oh, cool. Later that month, I was like watching different videos on YouTube and I saw this thing about the CrossFit games and it's like, go to ESPN to watch a replay. And I was like, oh, okay. And like, I'd always watched Strongman. So like, I knew where to find it. So like, I went to the ESPN website, like found a replay of the 2012 CrossFit Games. And I saw Rich Froning and Spencer Hendel racing through Camp Pendleton. I was like, uh, oh, it's an obstacle course. This is cool. But like, I had no idea what I was watching. I just thought it was cool. So... Um, March 12th, 2014 is the day I started CrossFit. And like my first workout was fight gone bad. Wow. That's the first workout. Yeah. They were following .com and I was like, what's a wall ball? Um, how do I set the rower for calories? Just so you know, I can't do a box jump guys. Like I don't know what I'm doing. And so they like just adapted everything to what I could do. I did the sumo deadlift high pulls and push presses with the women's weight, which I was like, guys, I can lift 75 pounds. And they're like, not this much. Not and I was like, <laughs> I was like, okay. And then like afterwards I like collapsed and I was like dying on the floor. And I was like, so like one o'clock tomorrow, like, <laughs> are we doing this again? They're like, are you sure? I was like, yeah, I'm in. So that's the longish story on how I found CrossFit. That's awesome. And then once you started doing CrossFit, what changes did you notice after that in just your physical abilities and your overall health? Um, I like got, they had this like little soft, like cushioned, like almost foam little box for like the elderly people to like practice steps Mm -hmm. on. And they're like, you have to learn how to jump on that. And it was, it was like eight inches tall. And I was like, okay. And I ate it so many times. And I was like, this is ridiculous. I walk up the stairs every day. I can't jump on this. And then I jumped on it. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And then like they taught me how to like back squat efficiently and like deadlift correctly. Because like I would just use my back. I wouldn't like engage my hamstrings or anything. Um, cause I didn't know what I was doing. Um, they taught me like all like the basics that I needed to know to like do it. And they're like, as long as you like show up every day, like we'll teach you something new and re like help you relearn things. Mm-hmm. And so like my body adapted really well to it, which was nice. That's really cool. And then I know you've also... Um, been very dedicated to coaching CrossFit. So at what point did you start? Obviously, it seems like you've been in a coaching role for a long time with the personal training and even in the weight room in high school. But how did you decide that you wanted to become a CrossFit coach? And then what has that journey looked like for you? 
Um, well, I was saving up like money to take a trip to Europe because it was something I always wanted to do. I wanted to visit another country, seeing as like my hometown's 4,500 people. And then when I realized like the person I was going to go hang out with over there, like we just cut ties. And I was like, I have over a thousand dollars. I could go get my level one if I want to. So I did my level one. I had Jason Ackerman and David Tittle were part of it. Okay. And um, then, so I passed. So I moved to a city that's like 40 minutes away and way bigger. And I had met the owners of the CrossFit gym up there through doing like Festivus games at their gym. Mm -hmm. And I was like, hey guys, I'm coming to town. I want to coach. And they're like, no, not yet. And I was like, okay, can I like pay you to be a member? Yeah, okay. And so like I took the next month and a half and I got a hold of both CrossFit gyms in the area. And they're like, yeah, you can intern if you want to. So I would intern from 5 a.m. to 7 a.m. at 1, then work out. Then I'd go home and like do whatever I needed to do at home. And then I would go intern at the other gym from like 4.30 to 7.30 every night, go home, go to bed, do it all over again. Awesome. And yeah, so it was like awesome. I was like, oh, I'm not like coaching, but like I'm learning how to coach and they're like letting me help with things. Now I need to figure out how to make this schedule, but like get paid for it. And so from there, you moved to Florida to do an internship. And as that was wrapping up, you got an offer to coach from a friend of an acquaintance. And this is also in Florida then? Yeah. So I'm like, no. So this, the job that they offered me was all the way back in Minnesota. Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah. And he's like, how soon can you be here? And I was like, give me like two weeks. So like I let my boss know that day that after the internship was over, like the official internship was over because like I had been coaching the whole time anyways. I was like, hey, so next week I'm going to be flying out. Like, thank you for everything. I appreciate it. But like, I was promised a house up there and stuff. And I think like I could expand my coaching experience up there. So I was, I was there for almost two years. And then the girl that I was seeing at the time, who is now my wife, lived like two hours north and like, we were sick and tired of driving yeah, like, that's two hours every weekend. And I was like, oh, I have an expendable job. I can move wherever. And I know a bunch of people up here in Minneapolis. So I just reached out to like all my friends that were gym owners. And one of them told me about a gym that was hiring. And so in 2018, they offered me a job and I moved up and I got to start coaching up here in like a suburb of Minneapolis. And then I coached there for, I coached there and another gym part-time at both of them and a 24-hour fitness center, like as a personal trainer wow. for about a year. And then the one gym that originally hired me ended up closing and a friend of mine that I knew through like competitions and Facebook had a gym like five miles north and he offered me the like head coach and manager position. And I was like, Sure. So I just took that. So for the past year, I've been at his gym, which like unfortunately just like shut down permanently in April because of this, wow. like due to COVID. Um, but yeah, that's like the last six years of CrossFit and coaching. Wow. 
Crazy. Wow. Well, how do you think just in your experiences as a coach, how do you think your personal experience of having overcome like movement challenges has helped you to be a better coach for your athletes? It's helped me like realize like somebody might not be able to do something correctly, but now through all like the things that I've learned from other people, I can help them like adapt or like figure out how to do it correctly a lot faster just because like if someone's like maybe not hitting parallel or below parallel, I can just like have them go to a target and then like every week or so just lower the target until they can get like below parallel. Or if someone has something that they're really struggling with, I've always just been good at listening. I can listen and then maybe give them some advice or just like stay quiet or like if someone's seriously hurt, I thankfully know how to like change workouts around like what their capabilities are or like what their limitations are. Thankfully, like I've had great coaches in my life that have like shown me ways to like help people that have certain injuries or like myself not being able to do certain things. I could be like, hey, this is what I've done to do it. Let's see if that works. Just simple stuff like that. Yeah, I can imagine just having a lot of personal insight into having to be creative could help you be able to do that with your clients or your athletes. All right. Well, I want to start wrapping up with three questions I ask everyone at the end of the podcast. Okay. The first one is what are the three things that you do on a regular basis that have the biggest positive impact on your health? I hang out with my wife. Like we go either go out on a date. We haven't been able to go out anywhere. So we'll like order like DoorDash or something and watch a movie or watch a TV show. Um, I keep the same routine every day. So wake up at 6.30, let the dog out, help my wife get her lunch and stuff ready for work. Um, as soon as she leaves, I make coffee and breakfast. I have fallen fallen in love with like making intricate types of coffee. So like a Chemex every day because it takes like 10 minutes and it lets me like just think and process things. Um, and then I'll make like a variation of the same breakfast every day. And then depending on who I have on the podcast or what my schedule is like, I'll just play with the dog for like two hours straight. Um, so just habits are the biggest thing for me. Mm-hmm. I love that. Okay. I did you, was that three? <laughs> Maybe. So caught up in what you, were saying. Um, you said habit and routine. You said spending time with your wife. And then working out. And working out. So okay. my coach, thankfully, is very good at what he does. So I, the equipment I have is I bought an ab mat. I have two like resistance bands, and then I bought an empty barbell. So he just he's like dialing everything back down to the basics for things that I can work on at home, which is nice. So like I'll do the workouts he sends me. Um, it's very like low key, I guess. So like, I don't work out seven days a week. I work out like four to five, like take my rest and recovery very seriously so that like, I don't overdo it with like my legs or feet, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And who is your coach now? His name's Michael Vespa. He is the CEO of Ruthless in Pursuit. Okay. Yeah. So I followed his programming in Florida. Like he had like it was called the bridge like six years, four years ago when I originally found it. 
And then when I moved to Mankato, I stopped following it because I wanted to follow the gym's programming. And then almost two years ago now, I was like, hey, I need to stop programming for myself. And like, we've been friends since like my first big competition ever. And I was like, hey, do you have openings for clients? Like, coach me. So thankfully, he had one opening and he's been working like solely with me for almost two years. Wow, that's great. Okay, what about one thing that you think would have a big impact on your health, but you have a hard time implementing it or something you're working on? Uh, the biggest thing would just be like less time in front of a computer or TV mm -hmm. because now I have so much time, like a lot of the study material that I have for like my NASM textbook and stuff is all on a computer screen. Like it's not a physical book anymore. So like if I could just get like off my iPad or off my laptop or TV for a little bit longer in the day, it'd be really nice. That's, I think that's true for all of us, for <laughs> sure. All right, last question is, what does a healthy life look like to you? Um, a strong relationship at home or at work. Um, make sure you don't try to like mix work and like try not to bring work home with you, right? Except mine's like always at home right now. Um, hard and then... Yeah, like it's insane. Um, and then making sure that you're like, you have like the fundamentals of health down. Like you eat like fruits and vegetables along with like enough protein to sustain the muscle that you have. And like make sure that the like quote unquote diet you're trying to follow or like have is like suited for you. It's so, like, I don't like classify what I'm doing as like I'm on a diet. Like it's just my diet. My diet's going to be different than anyone else. Mm -hmm. So I just eat things that like, like go well with myself. So I love it. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for sitting down with me. Um, when I know you have your own podcast called adapting for life. So people can check that out if they want to hear more, where else can people follow you? Uh, I have the Instagram for the podcast, which is just uh, adapting to life podcast. And then my personal Instagram is Dano lots. It's just all lowercase. There's no like punctuations or anything. I have a Twitter that I don't really ever use, but sometimes I'll post something funny and that's also Dano lots. And then um, adapting to life podcast is also on YouTube. So that's about it. Very cool. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much for sharing your story. And I think it's really inspiring to hear how, you know, you didn't let those ideas when you were younger about not, you know, that working out was going to be dangerous for you, hold you back and you still kept. It sounds like you've had such a strong passion for working out ever since a young age and you didn't let that hold you back and you kept kind of finding ways to, to pursue it. And even to the point of really you know, even moving across the country just to, to learn and to intern and to become a better coach and, and continuing to pursue that dream. So thank you so much for sharing your story with everyone here. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. Like I was at the 2015 regionals in Minnesota. So like uh, uh, yeah. I got, yeah, <laughs> I got to see you compete and like seeing you work out in a boot at the end. I was like, Oh, see guys, anything, like anybody can do this <laughs> stuff. Like it's not that difficult. <laughs> well, handstand walks are one thing, but yeah. So thank you for letting me be on it. Yes. Awesome. 
Thanks so much for tuning into this episode. As always, I will recap my biggest takeaways from the interview. My first was about how our bodies are all made to move. Even though Dano's doctors told him not to play sports when he was 12 and he ended up spending a lot of time on the couch playing video games, he found his way back to being active by weightlifting with the football team while he was in high school. Even though we may have limitations in the way that we can move, all of our bodies were made to move and Dano and other adaptive athletes are showing us how to embrace this. My second takeaway was about following your passion. So I loved hearing how Dano took a big chance by picking up and moving to Florida for a coaching job. He was passionate enough about coaching to take this risk, even if it meant he would have to sleep at the gym and find a way to scrape by to increase his knowledge and experience in his craft. And my third takeaway was how overcoming our own challenges can inspire others. So overcoming his own physical limitations has inspired others around Dano, and he's even started his own podcast called Adapting to Life in order to spread this message further. You never know who else's life you may be impacting just by living your own. I hope you had some great takeaways from our conversation as well. 